What is up? My name is Keen Pelletier. I am 15 years old, and this is my inaugural podcast. And if you're thinking to yourself, wow, there is no way. I'm going to sit down here for however long and listen to a 15-year-old boy tell me about things. I completely understand that. I wouldn't either. But, uh... Here we are. Here we are anyway. Um, this is mainly going to be a Boston sports channel. Boston sports podcast. So, don't expect anything else. I mean, I doubt anyone will even watch this. But uh, today we'll be talking about the Patriots on uh, Brady leaving and more Patriots stuff and the Red Sox. Uh, so uh, let's get right into it. Um, Brady leaving. So obviously I'm only 15 years old and I've never seen anything but Tom Brady. So just even imagining him in a different uniform of any other team, just like, I don't, I don't even know how to feel like... I feel like part of me would be happy that I got to experience it, but the other 90% of me would be bawling, crying that this era of greatness of six Super Bowls, uh, it's over, and that's the, like, that's the truth. And so obviously I don't want him to leave, but if all these reports are true... And all these reports from ESPN and uh, CBS and other shit like that, they're all just rumors. None of them are ever confirmed, even like that Brady rumor of him moving to Connecticut to Greenwich and him clearing out his suite at Gillette Stadium or whatever. None of that is confirmed. And that's the stuff that kind of, you know, just like pisses me off. It's like... That's just not... I'm not saying it's not true. It's not confirmed. And it just doesn't make any sense that people are just eating it up and saying it's over, but they don't know all the facts. They don't know anything about, like, if it's real or not. And that's, like, the kind of stuff that, like, people aren't going to look any further and they're just going to see what ESPN tells them and believe it. Um, and I'm a sucker for that, too. Like, unless I do deeper research, I'm just going to believe it. But, like, when all the stuff with Kraft, Belichick, and uh, Brady was going on, like, and that stuff's been going on for th- four years now, that ESPN's saying that they have beef and Brady's leaving or Belichick's leaving or... Something like that. Um, all that goes on has been going on for so long with ESPN, and none of. I mean, it's true. There's definitely like always tension, but I feel like that goes with every NFL team. But I feel like that's just because we're talking about the greatest coach of all time. We're talking about the greatest. Uh, quarterback of all time the greatest NFL player of all time 
Um, but I got really off track there. But um, I think I could see Brady going to a number of teams, and it might honestly come down to what team is paying him the most. And um, but like I could see someone like Jerry Jones and the Cowboys giving um giving him way too much money just like paying a 40 41 year old man a lot of money for only two more seasons and honestly what the Cowboys have with Dak I think Dak is very underrated I mean he's no Tom Brady but I think Dak is very underrated and uh Jerry Jones said that he refers to Dak Prescott as family, but the deal has to fit. So that could mean a number of things. I think that the Cowboys would definitely look at Brady, but the other teams are like the Chargers. I don't know if I already said the Patriots already, but the Patriots and the Raiders. And I mean, like, there's just so much history, and he's leaving so much behind here if he goes to any of those other teams. And... um. I can't even imagine, I already said this, but anyone else at quarterback for the Patriots. Um, But the options that we're looking at, like Andy Dalton, that I... I've heard people say, like, they're fine with Andy Dalton and... or whatever, like... But Andy Dalton, I think I watched, besides the Patriots-Bengals game this season, I'm pretty sure I watched... One like full Bengals game, it's probably against like the Jets or something. I think, but it's like hard to watch. I don't know if it's just because I'm used to Brady, but or because I was looking at him in a different way, thinking that he could be our quarterback next year. But watching Andy Dalton throw the ball is one of the most horrendous things I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Um, like ah. God, I, so I couldn't even imagine that. Marcus Mariota is also another rumor that I've heard about with the Patriots, uh, which I don't love him, but it's better than alternatives like Andy Dalton, for example, like I just said. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Marcus Mariota is a good, like he could scramble the ball. He can... uh. He could uh he could do a lot of things. He could scramble with the ball, he could throw, but he's just so mediocre. And maybe that's just because he's been playing on a mediocre team with the exception of this twenty nineteen season. But that's just cause Derrick Henry was an absolute monster. Um but I do think that if Brady's gonna stay, he's gonna have to ask Belichick and Kraft to go out and sign some big names or even trade for big names. Like, Stefan Diggs has been a rumor for a while. Um, Another rumor has been... um, Another rumor has been even, like, OBJ. I don't... I mean, that one's kind of, like, a tough one. But OBJ has been a rumor for the Patriots for a while. And, like, he's a real dick. He's, like, a douchebag kind of guy, but he is an awesome wide receiver. He's not happy in Cleveland. 
And uh, I think him and Brady would be an awesome combo, but I can't see Belichick ever doing that. Um, Antonio Brown is not a real option for the Patriots. He said that he's only playing wherever Tom Brady goes. If Tom Brady goes to the Raiders, he's obviously Antonio. The Raiders would never sign Antonio Brown. And if Tom Brady stays with the Patriots, then um, if Tom Brady stays with the Patriots, then the Patriots won't sign him to anything. And the thing is, Antonio Brown obviously is a great wide receiver, and I think Belichick's all on board for him. And Brady is too, honestly. But he bashed Kraft on his way out. If he didn't bash Kraft on his way out, I think... Him and Tom Brady would be Patriots next year, maybe. Um, but, yeah, so those are just some, like, possible things, maybe, that I would like to see the Patriots do. Because this off... The past three months between the Red Sox and Patriots have kind of been crazy. And, uh... I don't. I don't even know what to think. I can't even get into the Red Sox right now because there's just a lot going on there. So let's uh, talk about the draft. So if I'm gonna be completely honest, I don't pay too much attention to college football. I don't really know what's getting on or going on in college football. I don't really. I don't really know what to think, but. This whole time, I'm over here thinking that the Patriots are 100% signing an offensive player. But, uh, but for real, it looks like we're going after this safety from uh, LSU, Grant Delpit. Which is fine, because Devin McCourty is possibly retiring. Uh, but, like, the... From all the projections, like ESPN, CBS, it has us um, getting Clavon Chassian, or Chasen, whatever his name is. It has us uh, getting Grant Delpit, which I don't understand. I thought for sure that we were signing an offensive player, whether it be a like offensive lineman or a receiver or tight end. Um, because, honestly, that's what the Patriots need. I mean, our defense isn't even close to perfect, but that's what we need. Offensive weapons. Because I cannot watch another season of half of our targets being Julian Edelman, who was got injured like halfway through the season and had to play through it. I mean, he would have done that regardless, but I also can't take watching uh, Izzo and Lacoste at tight end. A tight end option that I've heard from like sources that the Patriots are like looking at is Thaddeus Moss from LSU, the tight end, Randy Moss's son. Oh my god, I feel like that'd just be so awesome uh, to see Thaddeus Moss. He's a really good, like, player he's big and I think that like I don't know I think that he'd be a really great fit for the Patriots organization 
and so that's also like a option that I've heard or seen of but I don't know how likely that is to actually like happen and uh Mohamed Sanu and Nikhil Harry are also options that I think that the Patriots are going to explore resigning or whatever well Mohamed Sanu did not have a great season with the Patriots we traded for him and I thought it was awesome but he was not targeted a lot he uh he was not targeted a lot he did not have a great season with the Pats uh but it just came out today that he's getting an ankle surgery and so maybe that's what was wrong with him because I I actually like Mohamed Sanu I think he's a great player but I'm not very sure about this season and if he was playing this poorly because of his ankle. And Nikhil Harry, I think, is also an awesome player and he was an awesome pick uh, last year. But I think that Brady this season had trust issues with him. I think that uh, he wasn't targeted very often because he was hurt for half the season. But when he did play, like the Chiefs game with that uh, missed call by the referees and that uh, jet toss that uh, he had for his touchdown was great. Uh, I don't know. I think he's just a really great player. But if uh, Brady's going to stay, they're going to need a practice together because I think trust is the biggest thing between them two and that he doesn't trust... uh, he doesn't trust uh, Nikhil Harry enough. So that's basically all I have for the Patriots. So now we're going to get into Red Sox. And I'm new to this. I don't know if I should just be making like one episode for Patriots, one episode for Red Sox. But uh, who cares? Um, let me know if anyone ever watches this what you think I should do. But uh, without any further ado, or however that saying goes, here's the Red Sox. That was such a dumb transition. All right, but let's go. So the Red Sox are obviously in the middle of this cheating scandal with stealing signs and appropriately using the uh, video room and the Apple Watch thing. Um, so right now, it doesn't seem like the MLB is coming up with anything. It doesn't seem like they're going to find anything, but, um, there will for sure, in my opinion, be a, uh, there's going to be a, uh, punishment for the Red Sox, 100%. Just so Rob Manfred, to put it lightly, doesn't look like a pussy. Also, yeah. Um, Another thing that I have with this cheating scandal is, like, obviously, if you're a Red Sox fan or if you follow baseball at all, you know that the what the Red Sox are accused of, or what the Red Sox and what the Astros did are completely different. Because the Astros... Or like 100% did it. 
and the Red Sox haven't or haven't been caught doing it. So when it comes out, when the report is like filed or when they're done investigating on the Red Sox, I hope that Rob Manfred doesn't uh, say something, says like clarifies that it's two different things, two completely different things. Uh, like the Red Sox, not it's in two completely different categories. But I mean, like, if you look deep enough into it or get enough insider information, you will find that every single MLB team uses the video room inappropriately. It's just that the Red Sox and Astros, they won. And the Astros were doing it on a whole nother level with the buzzers and the trash cans. And the bang on the trash cans. And uh, the Yankees and Red Sox... They were, like, announced as cheaters or, like, that they were cheating using the video room inappropriately on the same day. But the reason that no one talks about the Yankees is that it's not as big of a deal to the media because they didn't win the World Series and the Red Sox did. So, basically, what that's saying is that the media only cares because they won. I mean, and it's really messed up because uh, because um we not the Astros basically cheated their way to a championship, but they were playing the same way every other team did it. And I think it's way too much that people are coming out like Mike Fires and uh Jose Altuve saying that like people are giving like death threats to them. I think that's too far. Um Brock Holt was obviously he signed with the Brewers and Mookie Betts was traded to the Dodgers. And it's just been kind of like a real rough offseason. Going into the offseason, I did not see it going this poorly. And um, it's kind of just like it's going very, very poorly. And I don't even know what to expect out of this season. I think that we'll go a little bit over 500, maybe like five games over 500. And um, it'll be... Basically, we're just going to call it a rebuilding season. But a picture recently came out about Brock Holt and Mookie Betts in spring training in a Brewers and Dodgers jersey. That picture hurt me so deeply. It left wounds in my heart and was melting my heartstrings. Um, but if you look at Jose, the, the Red Sox basically traded I know they're two different teams and two completely different things but Jose Peraza and Brock Holt Jose Peraza is the worst Brock Holt is what I'm trying to get at right now when you look at their contracts they basically in a way got rid of Brock Holt who was a great clubhouse guy a great utility player he played literally every position except pitcher and catcher, obviously. Hit for the cycle twice, including once in the postseason against the Yankees for Jose Peraza, who I'm sure is a great 
not great. I'm sure is a good player, a good prospect who is younger than Brock Holt. But I think that if you ask the Red Sox again, they like if they would take that trade back in a heartbeat, they would. Because they did not expect Brock Holt to go for that much money. It was like a... Uh, is like a um, big thing. So, another thing in Red Sox news is that Rafael Devers is on is on pace to have a great season. And la and him and uh, Xander Bogarts were both ranked top forty, I believe, in uh, the MLB's top one hundred players, which is huge for them. Uh, I don't even. I'm pretty sure they were very high. I don't think Devers was even on the list last year, and uh, I think that to replace Mookie Betts, Devers and Bogarts are gonna have to have huge seasons, and I'm not saying that anyone could replace Mookie Betts, especially especially not Verdugo, but I believe that uh, players that maybe didn't have as big a role on the Red Sox last season are really gonna have to step it up. And I'm not even talking like Andrew Benatendi or like Christian Vazquez, who actually had a great season last year. I'm talking about kind of more like Michael Chavis kind of guys. And uh, who I, I love Michael Chavis. I think he's actually like a really great player. He had like 10 home runs in his first like month of the uh, season. But I'm talking about kind of like bench players, you know? Like, um,. Who am I talking about? Like, Mitch Moreland is going to have to have a huge season. I think that um, uh, players that don't have as big a role on the team are going to have to uh, step it up. Even, like, JBJ, um, Erod. Yeah. So, um, I think that a lot of players are going to have to step up to replace the work of Mookie Betts, who I don't think will ever, not ever, that he's easily replaced. Um, another thing is Chris Sale will not be ready to pitch opening day. He will start the season on the 15-day IL, and uh, it's be not because of any injury, but it's because of um, sickness. He had pneumonia or something like that, or the flu. But he he is better now, but to make up for the two weeks he missed, the he's going to have to go two weeks into the season on the IL just so he could get ready and warm up and to see how his stuff is looking. Because, like, a thing that you will notice about Chris Sale, in our 2018 season, uh, that kind of like the postseason, well, Chris Sale was obviously our ace, but he got hurt. And that season, he was consistently throwing 95 to 97 miles an hour. But after the injury, he came back and was throwing 92, 93 consistently for uh, the remainder of the postseason and for the uh, lap for all of the 2019 season. Um. But I think when he first pitches, which he hopes is 
as soon as the 15-day IL is over for him. The way you'll know if he's completely healthy or not is if he's clocking and pitches at 95 miles per hour. So, yeah, 95 miles per hour seems about right for him. So if he's pitching under that, if he's pitching like 93 or below, then you could probably pretty easily tell that he's not really feeling himself. And I'm talking about on a fastball, obviously. Um, let's see. Um, so that's all I have for today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope that I can make another one soon. But, uh, that's all I have for today. Thank you very much if you listened. And let's see if by my next podcast I'll have a name for it. Thank you very much. That's a 25-minute mark. Have a great day.